Welcome to the One Speed MMA Podcast with yours truly, Flying Smitty. And Carson Wood. We are back. And different puppy today. And a different puppy today. We are in Carson's house. So if there's a pinging, let us know. Ping us on Twitter. Yeah. I don't remember it, but if it's there, you let holler. Us know. We're trying to figure this out. A lot going on in the MMA world, especially because we missed a week. Yeah. Again. Remember how we were like, we're going to be better. We're not going to do this. Yeah, we, were, we weren't better. No. No. We my, my alternator went out in my car, so that was one of the I had a new job. I had things I had to do with that, yeah. too. Carson's got a new job, got so new uh, congratulate him, everyone. Won't be selling y'all. DirecTV anymore. Uh, dr- dish. Un- unnamed, unnamed cable source. I can name them now. <laughs> what are they going to do, fire me? Ooh. They're going to come at you for legal slander, even though you <laughs> haven't slandered them yet. Eh, I mean, if it's factual, it's not slander. <laughs> <laughs> Solid point. Solid point. So uh, we did miss a week. Do you want to go into this week first? Do you want to talk Weidman? I want to talk this week. I care way more about this week and have more feelings on it. Weidman, I'm happy for him. Um, I kind of I like Gastelum, but it is what it is. I kind of want to talk about this week first, if you don't mind. All right. Where would you like to start, man? You want to start with uh, the fall of Hennon Burrell? Losing it's the, been bad. Losing the Aljo, losing. I mean, he. Let's look at his record right here. I just got it pulled up. This kind of segues into something bigger because we started talking about this at work. Who is an actual big name Brazilian that's surging? That's that's being competitive. Boracina, but he's only had what one fight in the two fights in the UFC now. Boracina is the only one. Um, Barbosa, but he's been around for years and years and years. And he, I think he, I would love for him to go on a run because I actually really like Edson, but I think he's gatekeeper now. He's kind of gatekeeper for top five. So what happened? Everyone else is just progressing and he's not. Is it a weight thing? Him having What go- happened with Edson or what happened with Brazilians? Uh, I was, no, you said Burrell. What? Well, I said Edson. Oh, sorry. I heard. Anyway, I heard Burrell. I might have said Maybe Burrell. I, just heard I met Edson. I was, I, I was saying like, because you said Edson was really the only thing but he's established and as it was on top of him unless he goes on a run he's pretty much just a gatekeeper for the top five he's looked really good lately mm-hmm. really really good lately and i really like him I, like i want him to do good but the overall question is what's going on with brazil and i i mean i don't know why there's nobody up and coming if you see a brazilian you just tell him usada and you'll like anger them <laughs> but honestly i i don't know because i think i think usada affected a lot of fighters not just from brazil but there should Brazil's so good at MMA. There should still be up and comers, and there's in at least in the UFC, there's nobody established. And Bellator so, has others, but UFC do you think is it's because dry. do you playing devil's advocate here and playing the Brazilian side? Do you think it's because the UFC now that they're more established with WME in the United States are trying to pour more, push more American fighters, or do you think that they just there's not enough? Up and coming Brazilian fighters to to really show that to showcase them. I think they've tried to scout and find the Brazilians that are up and coming, and they just haven't hit it. So I think it's partly a scouting problem. Um, I definitely don't think it's WME being like, "Hey, we need to put more emphasis on Americans." They probably did do that to a certain extent, but Brazil's a huge market. That would be cutting off your nose to spite your face if you're just like, "Well, forget Brazil." Um, Brazil's huge, 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 huge. Like they sell out every time they go there. But that's because. The cyborg or Vitor or Anderson or somebody big that the they wouldn't even have to put them on; it would still sell out. You think one hundred percent? Yeah. So I'm looking at it's on. What was the big thing that they've been trying to do here? They've been trying to get it on national television. Yeah. Guess what they have in Brazil? It's on Globo every time it's down there. I guess that's true. Um, I'm looking at so flyweights, Hayes, Juicy Formiga. I, I believe he's also Brazilian. Pantoja, who's uh, the dude that just came from Tough, the last Tough series. Mm-hmm. I mean, but none of those guys are super exciting. And then you move to bantamweight, like Asuncao, but he's kind of a gatekeeper there. Thomas Almeida just lost again. He was and the, he got he was the one. Yeah, he was the next big thing down in bantamweight until Cody knocked him out. And so he just lost to Jimmy Rivera. I mean, it was a close fight, but Rivera beat him fair and square. Jose Aldo, I mean, he's he just lost. This whole thing is his fault. If he would have beat Connor on that first world tour, ugh. 
Stupid Jose. Moicano just lost to Brian Ortega, and he was a pretty he had a pretty big hype train, and he's only been around for about three fights or so. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, you look at the top five, and there's a Brazilian in the top five in every one of these. Well, not every division. Well, no, every division has at least one, one to two Brazilians in the top five. However, they're mostly gatekeepers now. Glover Teixeira, Fabricio Verdum, uh, Damian Maia, who just fought for the title. J- and will never Ray fight Su- for another one. No, nope. Jacare Souza. Jacare Jacare is one that could challenge for the title, and I think will. But I think we need to look down past like the top fifteen, and and see. And I well, mean, you got Tiago Santos who came from the Ultimate Fighter. Top to bottom, there's a problem. Like, who do you think would be challenging for belts that's not in women's MMA? Like on the men's side, who do you think is going to be challenging for belts? And then who do you think is going to be up and coming and starting cracking into the top ten? I don't know anybody on either of those other than Borachinha that's already there, and I don't. Other than probably Jacare, I don't see anybody else that's even going to be challenging for a title. Yeah, and a lot of the dudes that are coming in for the Contender Series are all Americans as well. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's just because they don't want to worry about travel visas and stuff. But there's a lot of there's a lot of Americans on that on the uh, Contender Series. Let me look at the look. At, let me look at this past event real quick mm-hmm. on because I know that they they have a lot of Brazilians on the undercards, a lot of them. But I don't know if any of them are really doing that well. Uh, and it was a- Albini. So people are talking about him. Albini just came in and beat Tim Johnson, knocked him out in the first round. They say he's got some of the fastest hands in heavyweight. Uh, Burgos. Shane Burgos as well, who just beat Godfredo Pepe. But I don't know where he's from. He might not be Portuguese. He's from the... No, he's from the Bronx. So... I mean, it used to be a 50-50 split between pretty much U.S. and Brazil, and then they just threw GSP in the mix, and now it's it's Europe in the U.S. and then women's MMA has is Brazilian. I mean, they've got people it. that have been around forever. Talos Latis, Rafael Natal, freaking those guys are gonna be challenging for belts anytime soon. No, Mm-mm. they're they're just mid tier guys. I mean, yeah, if you think about it, Brazil should just be churning them out, and it seems like the United States is churning them out faster. All this stuff is cyclical. Um, Brazil will land back on their feet, but it's just, it was super interesting. I never expected it to go this cold for Brazil. There's nobody that I'm excited about right now in Brazil, you know? They put exciting fights on, but yeah, I can agree with that. There's no one that I'm like... Apart from Edson Barbosa, if there's there's not a ton of Brazilian fighters that if the like the rest of the card isn't good... Ponzinibbio, but he's Argentinian. There's nobody that I'm going to be like for sure like, oh, I'm watching. If you put like anybody on a headliner, Jose Aldo, I'll still watch. Edson Barbosa. I don't I don't know if there's any. I mean, the heavyweights. But even that, they've got Enrique de Silva. And Enrique de Silva came in undefeated. And I think he's already dropped two in the UFC. I'll still watch any fight with, with Junior Dos Santos or Verdum, though. I still like both Glover of those Teixeira. guys a lot. I would still watch Glover Glover Teixeira. Glover's not really a needle mover. If it was like him, if it was like a... Him versus Rashad? Yeah, like I'm. if it's free, I'm watching it. But if it's just it's like a paid fight, I'm probably not tuning in, you know? And, I mean, we kind of got off the... My fault on this, but we kind of got off the Hen and Morrell-Aljo fight. But I thought it just spoke to a hot... Like, right now, the sports pass Brazil up. You want to know where most of the fighters are coming in from right now? Hmm. Poland. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of Polish fighters and Russia, and Russia, Russia. I think that when um, I think when Khabib came in, he came with a whole bunch of people from Russia, and a lot of them have petered out. Um, Tim, uh, what's the guy that lost to Gunnar Nelson? Tumanov mm-hmm. that everyone was really high on. Um, there was Volkov that hasn't done necessarily that well. Like there's there's several Russians. That looked really good for a while. There's the the Russian dude that fought Tito Ortiz in Bellator and lost because he was a like a a belt under a weight class under, and he looked pretty decent. But I feel like in the cyclical time of things, I feel like there was a huge Russian like where they brought in a whole bunch of Russian fighters with Khabib, and then they haven't necessarily they other than Khabib, the, the rest of them have kind of filtered out into the middle as well. Um, I think. That it's kind of almost like teams in uh, like other sports, like national sports. Like if you 
like nationwide basketball or soccer for that matter that like all of a sudden you get this really weird like influx of this amazing team like with Spain where everybody on the like the soccer field is just amazing it's kind of the same thing I think like these gyms just rise up in certain areas like they do things differently and then they're testing each other every day and so you see like an influx of like and then it'll go down but that's what's surprising about Brazil is they have that throughout the whole country it's not just like one gym in Russia or Poland that's doing things the right way usually like Brazil has multiple ones it's just that's what was interesting to me is that it went cold Nova Uniao is is gone or Kimura um like all, that stuff's gone right now and I I don't know what it is I joke that it is USADA <laughs> And I do think that actually plays a role in it, in all fairness. But I think it has a lot to do with wrestling. If you look at technique versus technique, all of the wrestler guys are are starting to learn jujitsu defense to a point. I mean, you look at Mayan; he runs kind of through everybody. Um, but if you wrestlers knowing that they can't be taken down, and then only having to work on their striking, has really put a damper on things with with Brazilians Mm -hmm. and there has been a lot of Brazilian strikers that come in speaking of Thomas Almeida and and some of those guys but because they can't compete I mean look at Souza Souza was one of the only people that could compete wrestling wise with with that division the, the 185 division and he got all the way up to the top Damian Maya as well had MMA wrestling and then he would just take people down and submit them but other than that like Khabib Khabib doesn't necessarily have to worry about getting taken down by by a Brazilian. Uh, we watched Tyron Woodley, who wasn't taken down by Damian Maia. 24 attempts. Yeah. Um, Demetrius Johnson and Wilson Hayes. Like, those, the, the American wrestler, or even the American wrestling background, I think has gotten to the point where they can prevent most, at a high level, obviously, right? We're talking the top of the top. We're not talking mid-tier. But most of the highest level guys come from at least a wrestling background. Whitaker didn't, and he still stuffed Jacare. But, I mean, yeah. And, and Yoel. And Yoel, for that matter. Which is a big deal. Well, and you watch John Jones as well take down Damian Cormier. And that, that has a lot to do with size and, and body type and different things like that. But Cormier and Romero were both Olympic wrestlers. And that's what I'm talking about. I mean, you take them, that caliber of wrestler, and you start teaching that to people that – I already know how to wrestle, and then you you teach that to people that don't want to be taken down, and people that are just trying to sprawl and stay up, like Whitaker, who has the old Liddell type style. Like I'm going to learn enough wrestling to not have to go down. Anthony Pettis, you know, he had to with Clay Guida, he had to not get taken down, and then again with Eddie Alvarez, he just got taken down. I mean, if Alvarez, who's known for his striking, can win a match strictly based on his wrestling that's a pretty good sign that if you fight someone that's a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner they may not take him down and mm-hmm. if they like RDA and if RDA can't take him down then he might knock him out and I don't know if RDA even attempted for a takedown but nonetheless and that's that's kind of what I look like, look at and then you look at other people that can't do that like Will Brooks who's a karate guy and he immediately gets taken down by Oliveira and, and tapped you know I mean if you if you don't have that high level of wrestling, that's why I think you know American Top Team is doing so well and AKA are doing so well because they have the that wrestling background, and they have the best of the best that are teaching them takedown defense, and then all they have to do like Josh Koscheck is just work on their striking. I accept to go back and watch the undercard in in total. Are we by talking the, way, the whole thing? Because I didn't get to watch it. Well, I could have, but I got into watching the Classico. Um, Kiran Albu was, was a good pre-season. fight. Dober Berkman was quick. Shelton Brooks was good, but not necessarily worth watching. Feely versus Cater. That was interesting. Cater in his first fight coming in, and he dominated Feely. And Feely was the next big thing, too, until Almeida knocked him out cold. Or not not Almeida, sorry. Yaya Rodriguez knocked him out cold. Um, were you impressed by Ricardo Lamas's fight at all? Uh I like Lamas. I do too. I didn't think he was going to lose this fight. It was weird to me at any point he was an underdog because Knight's a scrapper, but he's not a high-level practitioner. Hey, you did really good, by the way. We haven't talked about that yet. I'm surprised you made it this long without bringing it up. Um, I ended up $26 <laughs> over, which is like three. Technically, I shouldn't have bet on Cormier and I shouldn't have bet on Maya. I knew that I took him because they were underdogs, so I would have been up. I, was like, I legit I thought Cormier was going to win. Uh, Maya was like, ooh, I don't know, he could. But uh, Cormier, I did. I thought he was going to win. 
the biggest thing that I think Brazilians have, and this goes to John Jones, so I guess not Brazilian, but I guess champions have, period, is the the opportunity and the the mindset to change up their game based on whatever their competitor's doing. And DC came in with John Jones's game plan. He was reaching distance, grabbing his hands, and then throwing knees. Like he looked like he was just trying to replicate John Jones for a time, and it was working really, really well. Um, until Jones had gone with so many low kicks that as soon as he th- went to throw a kick, DC just thought it was going low. And it's like Ed- Edson Barbosa and freaking uh, Darush, where Darush was beating Edson Barbosa, and then he would do right, right jab, left cross, and then he would shoot, shoot, and Edson just creamed him. And so it takes that learning timing, watching people's tells and things like that in order to do what Jones did. And it was, I was impressed with Cormier, but I was also super impressed with Jones. I was going to go through the whole card before we got into this, but we're here and I'm excited to talk about it. We Um, we digress until we get to what we're really going to talk about. So I didn't, I didn't love, I don't love either of them. I think they're both good for the sport, but they're not like if I don't, I didn't love their press conferences. I don't think other than their animosity, they didn't really say anything that like makes me laugh or like gets me going for the fight or anything like that. I just, I watch their fights based off of not their, not their promos, but because of their fights, they're both amazing. Um, this was a rare circumstance that we got to see not only the one and two right now fight each other of all time. This is at the light heavyweight division. They are the two best all time. And that's the thing is because of Jones is so good I don't know if people realize how good Cormier is, if they're just like casual fans like me just talking to people at work. Um, Cormier is amazing. And Jones is way better than him. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so crazy to me that he's that that he's that good. Um, and this, this fight, if you look at it contextually, he's been out essentially two and a half years with one fight in between all of that. And everybody knows what happened, like went through all of it. But if he came back all of that... He didn't even have any ring rust on this one. He looked way better than the OSP fight. He, In my opinion, Cormier had landed some things, and he was looking to put some pressure on Jones, but I thought it was pretty clear Jones was winning the fight and never looked like he was really in trouble other than the uppercut that knocked his mouth guard out. Um, Cormier has went undefeated in heavyweight. He's went undefeated in light heavyweight, save against one fighter. Mm-hmm. And uh, this cements it all-time, not even close. John Jones is the best all-time. And it's it's... The only other person in the discussion is uh, is Anderson Silva. I agree I, with everything that you said. I I really like Cormier. He's been nothing but just dominant against everyone else. And John Jones, older brothers, in man, where Cormier learned a lot and he was getting inside of his distance, and Jones was letting him inside of his inside of his reach, which was weird to me. And like everyone said, that fight was going very well for DC up until he got head kicked. But that's. That's anything. Darush was crushing Barbosa until he just had he kept doing the same thing and he kept doing the same thing. And it was the same thing with Cyborg and Evanger, so going back the other way, right? Evanger would dodge right, dodge left, and then drop her head. And then Cyborg would start throwing that left high kick every time she dropped her head. Sometimes she would do a really interesting technique where she didn't dodge at all. <laughs> she just got it wasn't I've never seen it used like that, but I mean it worked for three rounds. <laughs> this card, man, top to bottom. Even with the Woodley Maya fight where they, they, they said it was boring and they said it was this and they said it was that, like I knew what that fight was gonna be. I knew it was gonna be Maya taking shots at Woodley the entire time. And so I I wasn't disappointed by that fight. I mean you gotta again, contextually, you gotta look at this that fight in the context of everything else. Do you want that fight headlining something else? At least we saw it sandwiched in between two other title fights. That you knew were gonna probably finish yeah, or be it, exciting. I mean, other than that, the whole rest of the card was I mean, Cyborg Tanya Evinger was I mean that's that's going to be the story of that weight division, mm-hmm. um, and everybody's talking about how good that's going to turn that one forty five division out. No, women aren't really built that big. Nope. Um, it's not going to be very exciting at all. And even if they are that big, they're not going to be as athletic as Cyborg. I just don't. I, this isn't seem like a Ronda Rousey Bantam weight situation to me. But she is a murderer, and the Robbie Lawler fight, Cerrone fight. Um, the Ostamir, I don't know how to pronounce his name, Odes- Manawa. Odesmir. Odesmir. Um, Manawa fight, also great. So, I mean, put Woodley and Maya in that fight because we knew what we were going to get. Mm-hmm. It is a slump in the card, but it's better than that trying that fight trying to carry another card. 
in my opinion. I agree. So this whole card, Manawa, I like Manawa a lot actually, but I knew it was going to be a brawl, and I knew that he'd been knocked out, and we hadn't seen Odesmir get knocked out. And I knew if it was just fisticuffs, he was going down. And it happened a lot faster than I thought it would, but I kind of knew that was coming. Um, so much so that I actually put money on it. So where people say put your money where your mouth is, I've started to do so. Lawler and Cerrone, man, every that fight was the fight that everybody wanted. Uh, I think Cerrone won based on how many punches were landed and, and kind of aggression in that. Um, Lawler won the first round. Cerrone, I think, won two handedly, and he won three as well. If not, I mean, it could have been 10-8, 10-9, 9-9. Just kind of a draw the last round, which still would have put... I don't think it was a draw at all. I think... I, I If you're going over volume, then you got to give that round to Cerrone. If you're going over, like, big shots landed, it's clearly Lawler's, in my opinion. I don't think that those two statistics wash each other, but so Lawler was doing do a lot more... One? I think Lawler won. He did more damage in the first and third. Um, And I I think he did lose the second. Obviously, I don't think anybody disputes that. But I think the big question mark was on the third. It just depends on how you weigh. If you Mm -hmm. weigh volume more, if you weigh damage more. And isn't it in the new rules they they weigh damage, damage, right? And I I, I think... Aggression and damagement, yeah. I think it's... And correct me if I'm wrong. I thought it was clear that Robbie's shots were a lot bigger. Yeah. But, Um, I mean, there was no combinations. He was just throwing that... Overhand right. Yeah, they're landing, though. Um, Nonetheless, it was... It was a great fight. It was definitely one of the best fights that we've seen in a while, and it's what we expected out of those two guys, and I'm really glad that we saw it. Except for the Manawa fight. I think we pretty much got what we thought we were going to get. Mm-hmm. There was I, I didn't think that Jones was going to win, but that fight pretty much went as I thought it would up until... And I, I, I said I made a bet that, uh, I would, that Cormier would win, um, but I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if Jones did win. But the fight pretty much played out still exactly as I thought. This was like the card that everybody knew what was going to happen before it happened. Like there was no really big surprises in my opinion. Yep, I can agree with that. I thought, I thought it might go five rounds. I didn't know if I saw Jones finishing Cormier. No. Um. I, honestly, I, if Anthony Johnson couldn't finish Cormier, and he's the hardest puncher probably ever, even including some of the heavyweights, if not most of the heavyweights. I didn't think Jones would have the strength to knock him out with his fist. I didn't see a head kick coming. Did you see that? So Jones actually talked about his finishing that he uh, they put him up against five really really tough guys in some of the last uh, hard rounds that he did in training, and he finished all five of them, three of them by knockout and two of them by submission. Like, he, could you imagine being the fourth and fifth guy going in after oh, the first shit. he had been knocked shit. out? Shit, that's not going to happen to me. Bam. Um, I don't know, man. I So there's a couple things. Um, I guess the question first off is what do you do with Cormier? Um, is this like a retire scenario? Do you go up to heavyweight because Kane's gone now pretty much, and so he can actually start challenging for the title there? I think Jones would come up to heavyweight. I don't think he's going to. Not for, not for a while. I mean, he's looking at – this is what I was thinking about last night. So this is actually a really good question. Cormier – actually posed this question on Twitter. So if Cormier loses, what does he do? Because his game plan was win this one, fight Jones again and win that one, and then retire. So if you've lost to him twice, you're not going to get an immediate rematch. And so you've already cleared out the rest of the division. You have an announcing job. You, you know, you probably have enough money to last you if you planned correctly you know, he made a million dollars on this fight. He could step away and just do broadcasting and not have to fight again. Um, I think if Jones moved up to heavyweight, he might come back. But it's I, go- it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think he should go up to heavyweight regardless. Cormier is tiny for a heavyweight. Do you lose? No, because he's wrestling. As soon as he fights other wrestlers, he's, he's in. Could Brock Lesnar would out-wrestle Cormier, I think. Uh. Just based on size. Mm, I don't think so. I I don't know, man. Um, I think Cormier's fine at heavyweight. I think he's fine at heavyweight, too, but I don't um, think he wins a belt at heavyweight. Depending I, on who he fights. I think He, he would have won the belt if Kane wouldn't have been there. I think, yeah, wrestles Stipe. 
That's all he has to out-wrestle. He can't out-wrestle Verdum, though. But I guess he could knock out Verdum. He could beat over him. He could beat Travis Brown. He could get a belt at heavyweight. He just seems so small compared to John Jones. He looked way small against John Jones, in all honesty. I mean, he beat Josh Barnett. He beat Roy Nelson. He beat... Um, did you see what uh, Rumble said? Uh-uh. Um, he said that uh, he would go fight Jones at heavyweight, too. So he beat Roy Nelson. He beat Frank Mir, Josh Barnett, Antonio Silva. I mean... Frank Mayer, he if there's anybody that was gonna go to the ground and try to submit, yeah, it's him. Mm-hmm. Um I mean he won by he won by TKOs on different people. That was strike force there though. But he did beat Patrick Cummins by TKO. Um I don't know, man. I he's got a lot of tools still. He can knock people out, he can submit people. He submitted Anthony Johnson and Dan Henderson, which again they're not at heavyweight, I get that, but I mean he's got a whole bunch of heavyweight submissions in strike force. I don't think he's worried about going to the ground with people. I don't think he should retire. But I think he's at that point in his life where he's gotten everything that he's wanted. Other than beating Jones. And like he said, when they interviewed him after he'd been knocked out. And Jones said he or, and, uh, wouldn't let him leave the octagon. <laughs> if, you've been twi- if you've been beat twice, it's not really a rivalry. They... And I kind of believe that. No, it is a rivalry, one hundred percent. It's just not they hate each other. It's just no, no, no. Just it's like Cruz and Favor, I, which was a rivalry technically, but Cruz just crushed Favor every time. Not every not, time. Not every time. He got choked out the first one. Well, um, we're talking when he was like twenty-one and his like third fight in. Well, that's what started the rivalry. Like that's, I mean, it's it's a rivalry because like he's one of the only competitive fights that Jones has had, save Gustafson. Yeah, Jones hasn't been put in danger other than a little bit against Machida. And then Gustafson was the only other person, and Cormier with his uppercuts the first fight like was really the only thing. Um, and if that if if that's not a rivalry, then what is? Your two clear cut guys, the best light heavyweights in the history of that division, in any promotion. I, if that's not a rivalry, I don't know what is. You, we just have somebody that is the greatest fighter of all time that can just take two years off and do coke and hookers and. And uh, I don't think he has to do hookers. I'm pretty sure women are just throwing themselves at him. Apparently, in New Mexico. Well, somebody else probably runs through everybody. Probably somebody, some people got him some, you know, hookers. I mean, so it, it happens. It happens. I mean, people gift you hookers. People just send them. But I mean, <laughs> he. Uh, I I just I think Daniel is just beating himself up. I think that's definitely a rivalry, and he to make Jones as good as he is, and for everybody to respect Jones as the greatest of all times, you have to have Cormier. If there's no Cormier, we're still saying. Eh. Who did he beat, really? He beat some guys, but he was clearly better than him. Yeah. Um, Gustafson was the only one, and Gustafson hasn't looked that great since his loss to Jones. I, I mean, see. he's looked good. He's looked top tier, but not like he's not – John Jones will beat Alexander Gustafson pretty handily the next time they fight. Yeah, I don't see that. I would love to be surprised, um, but I, I would love to see that fight again. My big one is I always wanted to see Rumble. Yeah. I always wanted to see that fight, but we're not going to see it now at least – uh, we think we'll see what happens with Anthony. Did you see Rumble? He looks like he has not been missing any meals, man. He said he would fight him at heavyweight. Oh, That's what goodness. he said. He yeah. said he's like, oh, I'll come back and fight if uh, Johns if he wants to fight at heavyweight. That's what he said. <laughs> he looked big. Like he came out. Odesmi was getting interviewed in the back, man. And he came up and hugged him, and he looks like a. I'll look it up right he now. He looks like a a offensive lineman. I'm gonna look him up. He's a, he is looking. Thick doesn't mean he couldn't still crush ninety percent of the UFC, but man, he he's putting on the LBs big time. So I mean, so what's next with Jones? Lesnar? No. Gustafson. Gustafson first, and then Lesnar. If I'm Jones, I want to make as much money as I can and be done. Let's, I watch Conor McGregor. I, that's exactly what he said. Yeah. He he was talking about how he's shown the kind of paydays that you can get, and that's why Jones. Did you watch the interview last night? Uh. Uh-uh. He said, they said, so you, you think about going to heavyweight? You're going to fight Stipe? Would you be interested in that fight? And he said, no. Like, Stipe is looking really good. I have to pick the right heavyweight fights. And uh, Stipe does not look like that. And no offense, but he's not going to pay the same that Lesnar is going to pay. Because nope. people don't know him. He's a great fighter, and he's top of his game right now. But that's that's not the fight I want. I want big paydays and people that I – he essentially said, and it's respect, I want people that I can beat. And I feel like I can beat Brock Lesnar. You should have called out GSP. <laughs> Michael GSP. Bisping. Michael Bisping. Uh, but, who else is there? Conor McGregor. Yeah, man. I, 
It's respectable. And I mean, if I were him, Tyrone Woodley did the same thing and got kind of a bad name for it that he's saying he wanted money fights and didn't want to fight certain other people. But I understand it. He was super bitter last night. and He brought that up. Ty- I mean, Tyron Woodley. He had some good points. He's a smart dude. Yeah. He's a really smart. He let I you know about it, too. He I, called himself a smart dude at least three times. He? Yeah. I'm smart. Okay, man. We get it. I, I'm glad I didn't watch it because I wouldn't be saying this. But I think you have to be like Jones. And I think you have to be like Connor, where you have to at least win one fight. Well, I guess Connor hasn't. He won the belt and then he just kept moving on. But Connor won four fights in a row to get there and then decided to start calling his shots. And he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And Maya, now I think it'd be like, cool. I fought Thompson twice. I fought Maya because that's what they wanted. And I great, I'm the champion, but give me GSP or give me Michael Bisbing or give me somebody that's gonna make me some money. So he, he did have some he did have some great points, but I mean at the end of the day, if people don't want to watch you, you just you can't call out the money fights. Like and it seemed like nobody wanted to watch him. Um That's not true. If you were to put him against Lawler again, people would tune in. I mean look That's not a money fight. GSP's a money fight. You put yeah, um, well, no, I, under, I understand that. But you put Lawler, you put Lawler Cerrone on Fox. That brings that brings viewers in. Lawler Cerrone does. Understood. So Woodley versus a lot of people in that division, like Bisbing or GSP, I would watch. I don't think he gets a million dollar payday, but he at least is getting five hundred thousand dollars for a GSP fight or a or a um, Bisbing. Right, fight. but that's GSP. That's not, he he his name doesn't carry it alone. So but his point was. He's like, and that's I. Not, that's not totally his fault, though. I mean, the Thompson fight should have been exciting. Both of them should have been just barn burners that were just, or he should have run through them. Maya, he fought not to lose because he understood he couldn't get taken down. I understand why he didn't want the Maya fight because he understood that he wasn't going to make any money. I guess the first one was a draw between Stephen Thompson, but I mean they were boring. His fight versus Kevin Gaslam was worth watching. Young Kim, I don't even remember, but he knocked him out in the first. Carlos Condit messed his leg up. He crushed Koscheck, and then he lost to Rory McDonald. He got by a decision. So he's he's not the most exciting fighter, but he was trying, and he knocked out Lawler. And he did try and knock out Thompson. He just had to be careful. I mean, he's all due respect to Tyron Woodley. He's been in three really boring fights, but they're not his fault. How many fighters would you say that about if they were in three boring fights? Anderson Silva was in several boring fights, but they weren't his fault. Damian Maya, uh, Talos Latis, he's kind of in the same boat. Remember when Anderson Silva went through, like, Talos Latis blew out his knee mid-fight, Damian Maya wouldn't fight him, and then there was one other person he fought at the peak, like Tiago Alves or someone like, no, that was GSP. There was somebody else he fought, and they were just such boring fights, but he was so exciting until he got there, and then the, the next several fights that he were in were just awful. And it wasn't his fault. Anderson Silva is exciting. It was the three people that he fought that just were not worth watching. Um, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that about any other fighter. If you're in three boring fights, it is partly your fault. He didn't. When did he engage Maya? When? When he busted up his eye when Maya came in. And he, that was not him engaging it. That, yeah, was, that was Maya engaging it. There was a couple it. times he caught him in the, in, in the middle of the ring. But it was just like Thompson. He was never in the middle of the shot. ring. Yeah, they were not for longer than three seconds and then he backed yeah. up against the cage but he caught a, he caught him a couple times in the middle of the lockdown not from him engaging but anyways my whole point is is I actually do agree with what he was saying I it's not fair to him because he actually has been an active fighter what has Bisbing done since he got the belt yeah. he has not fought a number one contender and all he's done he's fought he's he's fought Dan Henderson as the only fight Yep. Which is not a number one contender. Yep. It was just a it was a rematch. Which is I actually love that fight. But I think Henderson was unranked at that time. No, nah, I don't think he so. might have been top fifteen. I think he was top ten. I think he was like eight. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It was yeah. like still not a top. That's far from a top contendership. Um, and and he's fought since then four times in twelve months, and they were all number one contenders. Yeah, it's not fair to him to not to not give him GSP based on that, but. I mean, at the end of the day, what's bigger money for the UFC and what's, you know, what's bigger money for Bisbing? Like, it makes sense for everybody else. If he would have came out and just just leveled Maya, different story, but he didn't. So what's next for Woodley? Cerrone? I mean... Lawler. Welterweight, but Lawler lost. So? 
Maya, Thompson, Lawler, Mosvidal, Condit, Cerrone, Magny. It's not going to be Magny. No, it's going to be Lawler. Dana pretty much said that yesterday. Did he? Yeah. It makes sense, but I don't think it goes any different. I think he knocks him out. Maybe not Maybe not in the first 45 seconds, but I feel, still think he finishes him. I don't know. Um, I think Lawler, he learns really well. And I think we learned yesterday, Lawler has no hesitation in getting into a scrap. Nope. I thought he was going to. Yes. But like he, he went balls to the wall for that first little bit and still stuck in it for the rest of the fight. Um, so that covers two of these guys. Cyborg, we can discuss. Well, I can say what's I next couldn't for her. Care and you what say I couldn't care less. But I'm going to, for everyone else that's listening, because I knew that's where it was coming, there's only two fights you can make. GD- Holly Holm. GDR. Yeah, so three. Holly Holm. I don't think Holm wants that fight. Uh, Dana, again, said last night that he talked to her in the hallway and she was super excited about it. Because she's a striker and someone that's not going to take her down and just strike. That's pretty much the only fight that excites me. Yep. Um, GDR. Jermaine de Romandi. Jermaine Durandame. Durandame, thank you. And Megan Anderson from Invicta coming over, who was originally slighted to fighter and then had some issues with her health. Only two fights I want to see. Home. Home. And Angela Magana. <laughs> Magana's like a 115-pound fighter. She didn't, shouldn't talk shit. Yeah. Shouldn't have called her Jigsaw. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. So the, I mean, there's that. So technically, you've got three, but there's not enough fights for a whole division. GDR, Holm, and, and Megan Anderson. It's that's sad. So Lamas is still in. Lamas is still in kind of La La Land, right? He lost that Edgar. But I mean, I'd like to see Lamas fight Holloway. I think he could jump Edgar now after that win, after that decisive win, and get a title shot. Frank Edgar obviously is the next. Um, Edgar crushed Lamas with his wrestling. So really, in that division, there's Holloway, Aldo, and Edgar. Everyone else is lost in some way or another to those three guys. Yeah, uh, that one's weird. It's kind of like the the rock paper scissors that we talked about mm-hmm. like a year ago with uh, with Holly, um, Rousey, and Misha. Mm-hmm. Those those three. It's like it was. They all just kind of like beat each other. Except for I guess Holloway didn't lose to anybody, but I mean he lost to McGregor, right? He's he's gone in that division. He's that not coming back, but like a, four years ago, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's kind of weird. I think that Aldo beats Frankie. I think Frankie could beat Holloway. Holloway beats Aldo, and it's just kind of I don't know what happens in that whole division. It all depends on Holloway's takedown defense. If he can't stay on his feet against Edgar, that fight's over. Mm-hmm. Just like Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, Rodriguez couldn't stay on his feet with Edgar. He's a better striker than Edgar. Overall striker. Good play. All right. Yeah, and he, I mean, he is. And I think he actually, he will actually be in the mix soon. But, I mean, at the current iteration, I think it's it's got to be Holloway versus Edgar, right? Is there yeah. anything else we can do on that? No. And then after, the hard part is, is if you, Edgar wins, what do you do? He's already beat Lamas. He's beat Swanson. He's beat, he's lost to Aldo twice. I mean, Frankie Edgar has basically protected Jose Aldo from the rest of that division. Jose Aldo didn't have to fight anybody because they all had to fight Frankie Edgar first. I don't know. I think you have to almost put him back in the mix and have him fight other people. Almost even just to rejuvenate his career. Not to say that he has like a terrible career or anything. Like, it's Edgar great. Or who? I'm talking Aldo. I feel like Aldo has to go back and start fighting other people. It's been like McGregor and Aldo or McGregor and and Edgar for him like for the past however long like yep. there's been a few other fights in between um put the Korean zombie against him again no I'd actually love to see that fight on the reel but he looked good against the uh, Bermudez speaking of that division Brian Ortega he's got four stoppages in the fourth and the third round that's impressive I think it's his last we can look at it because he's right here I think it's his last four fights have have third round stoppages he beat Clay Guida in the third and Clay Guida looked like he was beating him he beat Moicano in the third and Moicano was out striking him he beat Brandao in the third by submission and Tiago Tavares in the, in the third by KO if we talk about one person that doesn't give up no no no, no, um, no the one that learns your the learn the one that learns your tells and the one that learns your movements and what you're going to do Ortega is one of the best Mm-hmm. He's losing to Guida, and he knocked him out. He was losing to to Moicano ish. I mean, it was pretty even, but he was losing. And he said that they had his post fight press con- or post fight interview. He was like, "We knew he shot like that, and when he shot, he set his head up just like this. So we 
we basically trained that and trained that and trained that. And he waited until the third round when he went for a sloppy takedown and he got him in a guillotine. And he's like, we trained that because we watched that in tape over and over and over again. And we were waiting for that exact moment. And it's like, it's 100% believable with that many third round finishes that he really is just learning the movements and the idiosyncrasies of a fight and using them to win in the third. God, that seems like a huge gamble though. Well, because like, you, you could get knocked out, absolutely. Or but maybe they catch it. on what you're doing. Yeah, no, for sure. But like maybe, but if you're doing it, leaving it till the third man, like you can't argue with it if it's working. But I feel like that's that's just not something that can last. Eventually, you gotta. He's one of those guys. One's that, gonna go to a decision yeah. eventually. He's one of those guys that doesn't seem as sneaky as he actually is. He looks really like really lazy. People start to really build confidence against him, even Clay Guida. And then he just, third round, man, he just turns it on and just finds that weakness and, and exploits it and wins. It's very bizarre. And you're right. As soon as at one time he can't exploit that weakness and it goes to decision, he's going to lose. Um, but I, he's number eight. He, I think he beats Stevens. I, his wrestling could potentially beat Rodriguez. I think Swanson, Lamas, Edgar, although they all beat him. But, I mean, at least we have a name. At least we have an up-and-comer, right? At least he's on his way up. Yair's the one that I think could beat him that is uh, going to keep distance. Well, maybe his wrestling wins, but I feel like he keeps enough distance. And Ortega's the, a solid wrestler. Well, the only time we've seen wrestling work against him is Edgar. Is Edgar. Well, no, there was another one that he had in a lower promotion where he was actually getting beaten. He yeah. caught him in a submission, right? Yep. And he baited him, pulled him down, and, mm-hmm. and, pulled guard and mm-hmm. submitted him. Yeah. So maybe. But I feel like he's one that like he's not going to necessarily – like Yair's not going to knock him out. But he is going to beat him by points, and then he, I feel like he's just not going to catch him in enough time, it, 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 and he's going to lose. If it, if it goes to decision with Brian Ortega, he's going to lose. Essentially, is what it is. And not all of your fights can be from finishes. Everybody goes to decision. I think this is one of the least exciting times the UFC has had in a very long time. There's no Ronda Rousey. Conor McGregor's going over. Jones him. helps, but Jones just—I mean. Other than Jones versus Lesnar, no one cares who he fights next. Maybe Gustafson. That's not true at all. It, this this was well, trying to do no, over okay, a million. Hold on. Let's, we're talking casuals versus hardcores. We're going to watch all of these no matter what. Casual fans have no reason right now to be interested in the UFC whatsoever. J- John Jones. That's, that's G- pretty much GSP it. GSP coming back. John Jones and, uh, and when McGregor returns. But if GSP's boring and or doesn't dominate or loses to Bisbing, that hype train's over. I'm not, well, for casuals, yeah, I, I think that they'll jump in and then essentially leave yeah. if one G is. No, that's not true. I think John Jones is enough of a, like, he does pull the casual fans. Like, he's so good at social media, um, and he's such a dominant fighter. He is for the casuals, um, and uh, McGregor is still around. He'll fight before the end of the year. He says he wants Khabib in Russia, so. I don't think he fights before the end of the year. I actually put $5 on him not fighting before the end of the year, but not that that matters. Um, Justin Gehi, Gaethje, Kevin, like Kevin Lee might be one of the best things because he's so polarizing. Most people hate that dude, but people know him because they hate him. I look at these names and if I'm a, if I'm a casual fan, I have no interest in the UFC right now. None. I don't know. I, I talk with a lot of casual fans at work and a lot of them, they're becoming more and more familiarized with the sport and they get hyped about different things. Um, it has to be a big card like this, but I mean, there's, there's still the stuff that pulls them there. Um, I mean, I kind of get sick of it, but people on a daily basis ask me, Oh, what do you think about, Oh, you do an MMA podcast. What do you think about Mayweather McGregor? Like it's still there. The interest is still there. That's Connor. Exactly. He's still there. I mean, yeah, technically he's there and he's the biggest name as of right now and he's fighting outside of himself. So it's reaching a, a bigger audience, but I don't see anyone that watches that fight converting over to MMA. I mean, before, who were the names that were? Rousey? Lesnar. Rousey. Lesnar. Um, Anderson Silva, back in the day, everyone really wanted to see. Matt Hughes, Tito Ortiz. Matt Hughes wasn't the name. What didn't pull no, people over. No. Tito Ortiz didn't either. Tito Ortiz did. Forrest Griffin for a while. Nah, man. Like that's, Rampage Jackson? We have bigger names than those now. Yeah. They were established before the UFC, too. They were pulling people over from pride. So it's not... I mean, we have the biggest names that we've ever had right now. Yeah, 
and the sports as big as it's ever been, casuals are casuals are actually a the casual fan now is a lot more knowledgeable than it was when we were talking about those names. Like when it was a faux pas and it was cage fighting and it was brutal and the only people to watch it were in trailer parks. In my opinion, casual fans back in the day, they would only catch a fight if they were going over to their friend's house that was into MMA just because it was something to do on the weekend. Casual fans now know a little bit of names. They know what they're talking about. Well, the, dif- the difference was back in that day, there was only two weight divisions, light heavyweight and heavyweight, right? And nobody, nobody really knew how to defend a lot of different things, so it usually ended in knockout. I think that's where the UFC really got most of its casual fans is when the, the fights would always end in some kind of finish. And now that doesn't happen. I, I would I would love to see a graph of decisions year over year from like maybe not UFC 1, but from like 2003 when the UFC was purchased to uh, – or right? Or 2007, 2003. I it was 98. I thought because they did tough – was in 2001, right? When they did Bonner Griffin. I'm about... You might be right. I don't know. I think we should... No, it had to have been sooner than 2003. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we looked that up. Long story short, what I'd really like to see is... You want to know when Zufa did? Yes. January 2001. Oh, so... For $2 million. Two years off. And then sold it for $4 billion. Um, anyway, I would really like to see back in that day when they only had two weight divisions and whatever else, how many finishes there were knockout or or submission based on compared to decisions as compared to year over year until now and i obviously there's a different amount of fights and different amount of fighters so on and so forth you'd have to take it in context of how many fights per year there were um but i would like to see i would i would guess that the number of uh the number of finishes on pay-per-views has decreased if you did only pay-per-view cards one for one against each other instead of televised events. I bet you there's more decisions now than there's probably ever been in the UFC. Eh, maybe there's for sure less submissions. You hardly see triangles at all anymore. Yeah. Um, guillotines and rear nakeds are pretty much it. You don't really see arm bars. You don't see triangles knockouts. I don't know. I think knockouts probably be pretty comparable. They probably went down a little bit, but submissions are for sure gone down. Um, one thing I was going to talk about with DC because they Uncle Dana destroyed oh, all yeah, hope. I wanted that, to talk about that. Um, he destroyed all all hope that I had of getting uh, more divisions. Um, I was thinking maybe maybe DC does the under under two thirty five division. What are they calling a super light heavyweight? What was it going to be called? Do you remember by chance? No, I don't. Whatever. It's the two thirty five, like the two hundred five to two thirty five division. I thought that'd be just great for DC because he has problems making weight, but you don't want him fighting like the super heavy guys, whatever. And he's super talented. So somewhere in between. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, the, yeah. 220, but, 225 instead of 265. And I want to talk about that, but then Dana just X'd it. And he was, they said, Hey, have you heard any, there's been some talk about other divisions. Are you guys have any interest? No. It was like that quick. And I'm like, I don't know. I think he was great. pissed. He was pissed at DC for not staying in the ring or trying to get out. That's not, Did you that's see not how what happened. Red his face was. Oh, I don't know what happened. So his what? face was red anyways. Like his face was still red at the press conference. I think was he's it? just son. He, oh. It was his birthday. That's oh, so was probably outside yeah. on the beach somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It, to me, it looked like his face no, was super DC, red. He stopped DC from leaving and was like, "You're not going anywhere. You're DC, staying here." DC said that he thought he got. He's like the, the fight was stopped too early, and Dana was like very. He's like, no. He came up to me and said the fight was stopped too early, and and he's like. DC honestly like you could it could have been stopped four or five punches sooner and uh and then DC I think saw it on the screen and everything and he just wanted it that bad man he he and uh Dana said that he Joe or Rogan was actually not supposed to interview him um he's like he, Joe, Rogan was not actually supposed to interview him but he's like I mean it seemed like he didn't want to throw Joe under the bus he's like but I mean you have to let the guy talk yep um, you don't have to necessarily ask him about the fight, but you have to let him talk. If he wanted to talk, then that's fine. But from what I saw, and it sounds like I'm 100% incorrect, Dana White kept him in when he was trying to leave, and then he stayed there until... Because, I mean, he didn't even look like he wanted to stay when their hands were raised, and he like it looked like he was trying to leave. Well, did you see who he pushed? Uh, he pushed Big John. Oh, because yeah, cause Big John was like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, and then Jones was like, I mean, and that's... I, from my understanding, and 
he just didn't think he lost the fight. He thought he was doing really well and it was stopped too. But like I he was just got knocked out. Until you see it, I don't think you realize. It's like Alistair over him. The last time they interviewed someone that was knocked out and he's like, he tapped. And he was out. I mean, he was out. And then he came back and has to talk. Flash KOs or even KOs, you don't remember what happened. You actually have like acute memory loss where you don't know what happened. I think they should just do post fights at that point. Mm-hmm. Especially because he was so emotional. Like, what were you going to get out of that? Like, he doesn't remember what happened. The cry face meme? Yeah, that's all you're going to get is a meme out of it. But, like, I don't know. Um, and I told Todd this. I felt bad for DC. I'd have felt bad for Jones if he lost. Yeah. Um, just because there's so much, like, their hearts poured into that. Um, and they both wanted it so bad. It's just, especially for me, like, playing sports. And I never came close to anything that high level. I was never in a championship or anything like that. But to want something so bad and then even just collectively in a team is you guys just don't meet your goals. It's so crushing. I can only imagine coming up two different times and having so many lows, like at 200 and everything. And then all he wanted in the world was to beat this guy and just be the clear cut champion. And he didn't get it. You think if he would have beat him, he would have gone the way of the like, that's why you eat your Wheaties and never do anything wrong because cheating cheaters never prosper. No, I think he would have tried to set up the next fight. Yeah. Mm hmm. Like, let's do it again. Yep. He'd already started that. Um, and I think he would have just been like, hey, it was a good... If he would have beat him, I think he'd been like, it was a good contest. Um, but I really have to beat this guy again because right now we're one and one I think that's his mentality. And also, on that note, I expected Jones to kind of take the... Go Christian John Jones again and take the high road. I didn't quite expect him to do it that way like he did with DC. And I thought it was actually commendable because it did seem like... It didn't... And maybe it's just us getting, or me, getting lulled into the whole Jones uh, good guy routine again. But it seemed legitimate to me. Like he said, he actually said he aspired to be like him and he respects him a lot. And he's a good fighter. He's a good dad. He's a good husband. And he went up and gave him a kiss on his head. Like, I don't know, man. And DC, you could tell he wanted none of it right then. But I think, I think they're done. I think everything's squashed. We'll see. I don't believe a thing Jones says. That's fair, too. I, I can't hold I that. I was ag- actually going to ask you if you believed. So it's it's interesting that you went right into it because I was going to ask you what you thought about that and if he was if he was for real. And, I mean, I think Jones I think Jones was for real because you do look at DC and you look how he treats his family and you do all of those things. But Jones is known for womanizing and he's known for – I mean, no one has ever said him he's not a good dad. No one no – one, who knows how that personal life is. Well, this but, is – this is the thing. Sorry to cut you off. Um, if it was calculated on Jones's part, that's smart. That's smart. But is he wrong about anything that he said? No. So I mean, at that point, it's just like I think that's I think that's his coaches. I think that's the hey, go check on him. You'll win some fans over. And that's the one. That's the one. Like you always go back to. It's like hey, hey, you go check on him. You got to win some fans over with the Machida fight. But um, there was none of that. He was by himself in the ring, crying on his knees, and then uh, you know he. Joe, I don't think Jones ever thought he was not going to win this fight. He probably had his post-fight press conference speech more or less kind of planned out. And you know, you know that his Winko John and those guys are good at making fighters look good. Maybe it, it very could be. I, I like I said, I, I, if you pull one over on us again, because I still think that we're going to lose a couple fi- or maybe a fight again because of John Jones's stupid antics. I don't think He's that's the end of that. Again. Yeah, and I mean that 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 wouldn't surprise me at all. But what he said about DC at the end of the day was at least true. Yes, and he didn't say anything that was incorrect. And he actually touched gloves at the beginning too. Like, and if that's for winning fans over, I'm like, I'm not a fan of John Jones, so it didn't work with me necessarily. Um, I will be cheering for him if he fights Lesnar or Gustafson. But I think it's a mental thing. I think if you really hate somebody and the other person tries to touch gloves with you, I think it it takes a second to mental reset. Uh, I don't think so. Not at that level with Cormier. Yeah, good point. Um, I mean, the top of the top. I don't think Cormier could have... Like, if he could have hugged Daniel at the beginning, I don't think Daniel would have really been second-guessing himself. I think he's still going with the same mentality. He's so game-plan-oriented. I don't think there's a lot that can pull Cormier off his game. He talked about the adrenaline dump the first time, Mm -hmm. and I think he learned from that. Mm -hmm. I I could be wrong again. I'm totally fine. I definitely understand that, but... I think with Cormier, that's he's a still trap. I think he's fine. The only reason you can't make Jones Lesnar is because you can't trust either of them not to show up. 
Lesnar could ping hot, easy. Jones could get himself in trouble. Like, that's a very, very sketchy fight to make. Yeah, Lesnar's never been injured. The Jones. risk, the risk, well, yeah, he has diverticulitis. Well, yeah, I mean, he was out for, like, years, <laughs> but not, like, um, I don't think he missed a fight because of it, right? Maybe the car win? He didn't, he couldn't remake fights because yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. He was, but I, I don't think he ever was, like, signed on for a fight and then couldn't get in. I can't remember, but he, he lost to Kane, and then he was gone for a while, and then he came back against Alistair. Um, <laughs> Alistair kicked him right in the gut. I think that's a fight you take a risk on, though. They said that they would never make him a headliner again, but the like this is trending to do over a million. You can't not exactly make that a headline fight. Exactly. So it, this is kind of the same thing. If it's there and both both parties want to do it, you can't not make that fight. You build another card that's strong enough that if you lose it, you can still sell some pay per views. Yeah, put a, a women's title fight and then DJ on there with it, and you'll you'll sell through the roof. You put a women's fight and a Woodley fight. Yeah, my against Jacare. Have Jacare drop down. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I like the UFC. If I'm a casual, I don't have any interest whatsoever in, in a lot of these fights. Tony Ferguson Khabib is interesting to me because Tony Ferguson's a, a personality. Um, Khabib's not really a sellable fighter outside of I think Russia and non-casuals. I think hardcore fans um, they, they like that. Dude. I think he pulls a lot of Russians and he pulls a yeah. lot of Muslims. Yeah. So I can agree with it's that. a it's a market that you don't really get any other way. The super solid point. Um, Alvarez, so I'm just I'm just looking at these these top weight divisions and trying to figure out what you could do to really bring people back in. I honestly, I, all you need is buzz, and Connor's bringing enough buzz, even not in the sport. Like people are going to be aware of the UFC. I think it's a great time to be a casual and still catch some fights. Well, and the UFC is not dumb. I mean, there's a reason they lead in with Manawan and Desmi. Because no matter what happens, that one should at least be fireworks. Lawler for Cerrone, like, you could have taken Cormier Jones off of this and put it on network TV and had Woodley Maya headline. I mean, it would have been boring as shit, but you could have and people would have tuned in. But that being said, man, there's a lot of there's a lot of crazy things that are potentially going to come up in the next little bit. I mean, you do still have Connor. You, you do still have Connor versus uh, Mayweather. Jones and Lesnar is going to happen. I mean, the fact that they're trying to set it up and it makes money, they'll definitely push that way. Do you think it's when? So, do you think Jones does a fight before? He, they, Dana might be like, we still need to figure out where Brock is. He's still under suspension or whatever, whatever. I don't um, think he is anymore. Well, he's supposed to be testing again because Jones is done with 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 his suspension. Oh, and no, his was around the same time. Yeah. So. And all Lesnar's been retired, though, so he has to go through six months of USADA testing before he can fight again. So six months he can fight. But he didn't last time, weirdly enough, so mm, who knows? I think it's because the UFC actually makes those rules, and so if they don't want those rules to exist, they can remove them. That's what I'm saying, exactly. Like like GSP almost didn't, and then he did. Do Do you think Jones has... I don't know... I, I Jones feel like, has the technical skill to be brought. No, no, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I, I was thinking like there has to be Jones coming in so underweight against Lesnar. There has to be some strict provisions in there of of Lesnar getting tested because if he can do what he did to Mark Hunt, then he can for sure can do it to John Jones, man. And he needs to. They need they need to monitor that very closely because that that's a different game. You're getting hit by a 300 pound guy. I know he said I'm giving up 40 pounds to him. No. Nope. Well, because he's coming in a walk around weight, and he could probably get up to at least two twenty five. So two sixty five to two twenty five. That's about forty pounds. He's but not he coming in two sixty five. It's you're getting hit by like a three hundred pound guy. It's like an athletic three hundred pound. Do you think Lesnar's fast enough to actually hit John Jones? Absolutely. If he takes him down and just pounds on his face. Uh, yeah. It's he hate he hates getting hit though, and he's going to be Lesner getting hates getting. Hit. He hates it, and if he's hitting him with. He's the only person that can keep keep him at long distance because they're they're the only comparable reach. It's like Jones, Gustafson, Lesnar are the longest reaches in UFC Over history. He's got a pretty long reach too. Um, not I, not historic. No, I think it's like Overeem might be comparable to Gustafson, but I think it's like seventy four and seventy two is is Lesnar Jones yeah. if, if I remember right, um, or it's the exact same or something like that. I can't remember, but. They're long ass arms, yeah. and I don't think, except for except for 
um, over him. I think that's the only person that Lesnar's fought with that long of a reach. And Jones uses it a lot better than over him, in my opinion. Yeah. So um, a lot of liver kicks coming, and a lot of jabs are coming. And uh, I think that's exactly how you beat him. Mm-hmm. Just You look at over him, man, you just kick him right in the gut over and over and over again. I'm going to look up Lesnar's reach yeah, right now. Let's see it. Um, oh, my gosh. I was so off. 78, right? No. <laughs> it's in the 80s. It's no 81. Um, I think Jones is 78. Let's see here. Because when you said 72. 84.5. Oh, wow. Way <laughs> so he's got a longer reach than Lesnar. And Gustafson's is 81.2. Yeah, dude. Those are some long arms. And That's nutty. What's over Reem? This is crazy. I forgot, man, because I don't really look at the tail of the tape. Overeem's 80. Yeah. So, four inches on a heavyweight. Jeez. He's got four inches on a heavyweight. That's pretty freaking nutty, man. Oh, my gosh. And with, with that, now that you consider yourself educated on, on reaches with the top biggest dudes in the UFC, we will uh, leave you till next week. Stipe is 80, by the way. But Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know his, he had that big of a reach. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Tell your friends. Tune in next week. Bye.